Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you, and thanks for lending us your ear uh, for at least part of that time. Our BMW Des Moines guest list, it's a busy one here this morning. We will start uh, right at the bottom of the hour with Phil Steele, who produces the, it's got to be the number one rated college football preview magazine and probably has been for some time. Uh, it's a must-have uh, if you're a college football fan. Certainly if you do what Trent and I do, you have to have at least one of these in studio. And uh, Phil Steele will join us uh, to talk about his 2023 20, publication uh, at the bottom of the hour. Scott Dockerman on Iowa at 1145. Look forward to that conversation with Doc. Uh, who may have got a little job security today, uh, sadly, on one hand, the New York Times, who, uh, good morning, first of all, Hello. Condon. Um, I don't think they ever had much of a sports section to begin with. I never spent a lot of time reading the actual paper, but it seemed like it was, I don't want to say an afterthought, it was kind of like page three and four of a different section, you'd right. find the sports, um, but it's shutting down, and I mean, you kind of see the writing on the wall when the New York Times acquired the Athletic for, what, $500 million or something like that, that, you know, you would think that they, at some point they would amalgamate the two, and um, and it seems like today was the day that they did that. So Scott Docterman. Uh, from the Athletic on Iowa, on the Big Ten, etc. Uh, he'll join us at 11.45. Matt Snyder kicks off hour number two. Look forward to this segment each and every week. This week, no different. The midway point, technically, uh, of the Major League Baseball season. We'll talk baseball with our friend Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Before Nick Oson uh, shuts, uh, brings the guest list to a close for the day, of course, he covers Iowa State at Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports. He, like a number of other Iowa State media, will make their way down to Dallas for the uh, Big 12 Media Days Wednesday and Thursday of this week. I believe Iowa State scheduled to uh, do their part of Media Days on Thursday. Trent's plays of the day... Oh, boy. Uh, from Circus Sports, <laughs> you're not betting the home run derby. Well, of course I am. I mean, i, I got to have something going tonight. What it's going to be, we'll find out coming up here at about 12.50. How many different ways can you bet it? Well, you can bet a bunch. You can bet matchups. You can bet who's going to win it. You can bet total home runs. You can do a bunch of things with the home run derby. Have we reached a point where there, there's too much betting? No. I mean, I, I, I go back to the drafts. I hate betting on drafts. I think yeah. betting on drafts should be outlawed. Um, I do. Uh-huh. It's just like... But, but when we didn't have it, remember when we didn't have it here in the state of Iowa, well, you were one of the only people that was complaining about not having it. <laughs> really? Yes. Now, why can't we bet on the NFL draft? Oh, the NFL draft. I do. Yeah, I did remember that. Yeah. But was that 2020 when we had nothing? No, it was probably into 21 as well before okay. we finally did get it. All I right. believe that was the year that we did get it. Well, shame on me, my hypocritical <laughs> self. Uh, well, you're not alone. Back in 2020, I was wrong. <laughs> I'll admit that. Because I just think there's almost to a point where it, enough's enough. We don't need to bet on everything. Sure we do. I know. Everybody sees it differently. Uh, that's what makes the Hot world Hot dog go eating round. contests? Yeah, now that's too far. Although that was a that was a rocking chair under because what was the number like seventy three? Yeah, something like that. And he ended up in the sixties. Yeah, is it a sport? 
Well, yeah. No, it's It's not. a competition. It's a, it's a competition. All right, I'll give you that. That, and you know the other one, that, that drives me nuts. That's not, that's not the way to... Um, the frisbee tossing. Frisbee tossing, like... Frisbee golf or whatever you call it. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with that? Eh. What, just know. because you took up before you go out there? <laughs> so it looks like that's what I'll tell you what. If it, I, I've smelt it out there, that's for sure. If I would have, uh, if I would have found that uh, late in my hockey career, I would have had a pro career. At least I would have thought that I would. Yeah. Because the whole game slowed down. It truly did. Takes it to a different level. It does. I saw stuff on the ice. Of, Holy mackerel! I, you know. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'd have played pro. Didn't make me skate any faster, so no, I wouldn't have. No. Uh, no. Anyway, so we uh, we go into the uh, the week of no baseball, with mm-hmm. the exception of the home run derby, the All Star game tonight. The All Star game's kind of taken on a Pro Bowl field. Does it seem like that to you? <sighs> There's been more defections in this year's All Star game than I can ever remember feels like it's trending that way. Doesn't it? Yeah. And I'm not saying that the guys are, i got a hangnail, I don't want to do it. That's right. that's the uh, that's the Pro Bowl. I mean, when the Pro Bowl gets released, you can bet your bottom dollar that, you know, three out of four, seemingly, are going to find a way to not participate in the event. And, and you know, it's a stupid event to begin with, the Pro Bowl, and what it's become. Um, now but it's it just seemed, flag football. It's just flag football, right. Yeah. Uh, and remember when they did that sand thing and a running oh, yeah. back for the Patriots? Do you remember Robert his, Edwards. Is that his name? Yes, he, out of Georgia. And he was never the same, was he? He wasn't, no. Never the same. Was it an ACL or it was, was it Achilles? It was an ACL and it was like a full-blown. It wasn't just a, a tearing of the ligaments. There was, I think, all kinds of damage in there mm-hmm. and like meniscus damage. And Jeez, that was just bad. completely blew the thing out. And it was like this rookie competition that they had on yes, the beach. Yes, yes. It wasn't even anything that was really mm-hmm. Pro Bowl related. It was just for some of the young guys to go mm-hmm. out there. And you're right, never the same. He never. had a good rookie year, too. Probably had 1,200 yards, something Unbelievable. like that. Unbelievable. I forgot the young man's name. remember the incident clearly, but uh, that was one of those. So, uh, anyways, um, home run derby tonight, and then the All-Star game tomorrow, and then nothing Wednesday? ESPYs. Oh, the ESPYs Wednesday, right, the ESPYs Wednesdays. We don't get into the ESPYs very much here on 11-1. No. We don't. Not a whole lot there. Nope. Now, with the Caitlin Clark angle, does that... Mm, does nothing for me. Still nothing? Still no. it's an award show? No, because she'll win. She, 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 she'll win. She'll yeah. get another hard piece of hardware. She deserves it. She deserves it. And certainly if she's there, because we know that, too. Right. If you show up. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know what? That's... Can, oh, I was going to ask. Well, okay. I'll, can you bet on these, Trent? Uh, I don't believe in the state Good. of Iowa. Good. You shouldn't be able to bet on them anywhere. <laughs> right. no, There's too many people that know. Right, and if you once once they scan the crowd, you just right. got to open your app, right? Uh-huh. Right. Oh, yeah. Caitlin Clark's there. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, absolutely. Bill Dankelwich is there. Well, yeah, Bill's yeah. going to win his award, yeah. whatever he's up for. Oh, this guy's not there. All right. Well, they're not going to win. Yeah. Very simple. Oh, a whole team is there. Guess who's going to win Team of the Year? <laughs> right. Pretty yeah. simple when they put it all together that way. No, uh, but it's good. Kind of get a little bit of a reset here yeah. with the with the no sports angle uh, for at least a couple of days. So. Had the weekend in Madison. How, what, it was a, what was the weather like? First of all, was it nice? It was, it was Wisconsin-like weather. It was a little cooler. It, it was, was like cool in the seventies. Yeah, it was nice it was, here. It was really nice, yeah. and got all the kind of cousins, all eight of us together for the first time. I think since my grandma's funeral, which was seven uh-huh. years ago, which is crazy. Uh, we we're always really close, you know. My on the con side, all eight of us, and it was just good to have everybody together. Mm-hmm. You know, got a couple of babies running around, got kids all mm, over the nice. place, and just a really fun weekend celebrating my uh, cousin's 40th birthday, and just to see everybody again, have some cocktails, tell old stories, mm-hmm. uh, a story that I'd always wondered for years, and it was just this this fading memory that I had, and I talked to my wife about it one time when we were driving, and I said, you know, there was a time that my dad and my uncle 
had a business together, and I didn't know how long it was. They opened a laundromat in Osage. And so I, I asked my uncle about it, and he deadpans. It was awful. <laughs> he said, it was your dad's way or the highway. He was a little brother. And, yeah. But I just had this fading memory of being seven, eight years old, late 80s, something like that. And yeah, they had this business together. I don't remember how it was, but getting those kind of details. So really fun <laughs> time. No surprise, the Condens made their way to the casino. Uh, that happens quite often, too. And uh, my uncle was a big winner. He brought home a, a big chunk of change. So he's doing and it right. no sports at that Madison Casino, right? No. Isn't, uh, there it's, is, you can bet in Wisconsin, but you have to go to an Indian casino, correct? Right. And this was Ho-Chunk. I, don't, I didn't even see if there was a sports book in this one, but it's slots only. There are no table games, anything oh, really? like that. Yeah, it's one of those ones. And that's how Prairie opened up. Yeah. It was slots only for the longest time. Yeah, Wisconsin's kind of a weird state because I tried to open up my app. Nope, geofenced, not nope. able to do it. So nope. I wasn't able to catch you in the Bet Rivers contest because of that. Oh, that's what you're uh-huh. okay. All right, yeah. I did, I wasn't sure where we were. This was one of the contests where we didn't put out kind of daily picks and, right. and seeing exactly where people were. It was a little bit different. I knew I was doing pretty well. I ended up making a profit. One of only three people that actually did that out of the eight in the contest, which is ridiculous. But I'm out. Because I had to play you in the first round, mm-hmm. and that means only one of us can advance. And well, I told you, Trent, I put myself through college by betting on tennis. <laughs> Mr. Tennis, Ken Miller over there, knocked me out of the tournament. I so haven't watched on. a serve. Well, you've had it on in there. Yeah, but I mean, I don't watch it. I'm trying to do it. a talk show. <laughs> right. Not watching it during the break. No. That's not, You're getting back on Twitter. That's yeah. what you do during the commercial breaks. You got me, though. You're on to the Final Four, and you got some more money in your account. So yeah. We'll just keep it. plugging away. Thank you, Bet Rivers. Appreciate the, yes. uh, the contribution. And once uh, the closes, we'll get right back into the futures market and take more chargers <laughs> no, to, no, win a, to, to win a Super Bowl. How, how about this? Since you beat me mm-hmm. and knocked me out of the contest, how about I make a future bet for you? Because I'm not going to well, have the depends. chargers involved. You, you have... I'll give you veto power, though, Okay, if you hate it. Well, who do you like? You like the Bengals? I love that Cincinnati-Philadelphia one. I do, too. Did, have you grabbed any oh, of that? Oh, God, yeah. I spent okay. a lot of time doing it. Well, I, um, so I had not been betting with Circa, because mm-hmm. I don't like to bet with... You know, I don't like to bet on I when I was stayed. Yeah. I don't like to bet with Circa... I don't know why, mm-hmm. uh, but I decided against that policy and funded my account. I took a bunch of money out of my racing account which, oh, okay. um, and put it into my Circa account. How's the racing going? Well, it's about, um, it went really well. I haven't touched it since last fall. Oh, okay. Uh, we bet the Derby, lost mm-hmm. the Derby, but didn't get yep. didn't go crazy. Um, but it was good. Speaking of horse racing, uh, well done uh, to the Allbaugh stable, Jason Luch, Dennis mm-hmm. Allbaugh. It's nice to see that you know they they play at a different level of horse racing, right? right? They played the, the, with the at the, the highest level, uh, but they brought a horse back into Iowa and he won the the signature race, the Corn Husker, and paid nine to one. Oh wow! Right? Did you jump on that? No, one? I didn't. I no. watched it, but I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't bet it at all. Um, you know, just, was that a good event out there? I, I saw Emery was out there again doing his thing, um, making his way back from Omaha. Yeah, but the, you know what? The thing it's I've always been critical late of it. They don't tell anybody. Yeah, I mean, how do you know? Until Friday, when somebody tweeted at us, I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that this. And this is the biggest event, a horse racing, horse event. racing event that and they look put at, on. I get what they why they're doing it, right? And I was there when things started to change because they would focus their marketing budget on horses, and they they spend a lot of money trying to get people out to the horse. It's a losing proposition. Yeah, 
it you're just, not going to make it back. You're not. If you're going to if you're going to spend money and they're doing the right thing, I hate to say it. Yeah. You know, do stuff on the casino because that's mm-hmm. where the bread is buttered. That's yeah. where they're making their money. That's where they're making the money to, you know, to do all the good that they do for Polk County, and there's no denying that they do. Oh, absolutely. Is it this at the expense of some families are going to be torn apart? Of course it is, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um sadly, but you you know, you can't regulate morality. Yeah. You just can't. And people will find a way. People will find a way, indeed. All right, so let's talk a little bit of baseball going into the going into the break. Because Do we have to after the Twins yeah. weekend. What a disaster! Well, my, my squad got no hit by Detroit Tigers <laughs> of all teams. Now, did you see Bob Ryan on Twitter? No, he was freaking out. That's not a no hitter. A no hitter is yeah. one pitcher going. Yeah. Well, it's still a no hitter. They right? It's combined. No it's hitter. a combined no right. hitter. Yes, it's different, but. Has has anybody said it's the same thing? I've never seen anybody I don't, say that. No, no, no. I think that was a little bit of a straw man that that old Bob was going with yeah. on that one. Because I've never heard. Well, this is just as good as a. No, it's not as good as it's a regular. The curmudgeon in him was coming out. Maybe yes. it happens from time to time to all. I of think us. as we get older, it, it does more so. I noticed that old man yellow clouds uh-huh. get off my lawn type of thing. Uh-huh. Right? I, I think. Um, but the Blue Jays got no hit by yes, by the Detroit Tigers. A kid by name of Manning was great. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. And just when it ended, it was perfect timing because I switched over to the Brewers and the Reds, and I saw Ellie Dela Cruz do his thing live. It was just unbelievable, Trent. So I just saw the highlight of it. He's the most dynamic player in baseball, and I don't care what anyone... Now, Joey Otani's a different kind of player. He is. And he's on a different level than anybody else that plays the game, in my opinion. Not a a once-in-a-lifetime player, a a once-in-a... Well, as long as the game is played. We will never see anything like Shohei Otani again. Yes. And though they've we, tried. And people said, you'll never see anything like Babe Ruth again. And, you know, for the longest time they were right, but they've taken Babe Ruth and they've taken it up another step. How many people. As good as he is. And how many people saw Babe Ruth Where that are, are seeing right now Shohei Otani? Uh, none. A couple dozen? Maybe. Maybe. That Not actually, very many. Sadly. And that actually saw Babe Ruth. Not right. just read the stories or heard about him right. and were alive at the time, uh-huh. but people that actually saw him. He kind of one hand. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Speaking of read the stories in sports section, we talked about the New York Times a minute ago. The LA Times is doing a similar thing. Oh, really? They're not doing game stories. There's no box scores anymore. I guess this came out over the weekend. And mm-hmm. Where is this going? Where is it going to stop? What's next? People have to pay for content. I mean, newspapers 25 years ago, they screwed it up when they just gave it away for yeah. free. Yeah. That was the problem. Mm-hmm. When that started... That was the way to do it. Initially, you want to read this article online, you have to pay for it. Yep. And if it would have started that way, and if that's what it was and has been the last 25 years, we'd be having a different conversation. I think you're probably right, Trent. I remember um, back when we first got online doing this mm-hmm. for a living, uh, we had a computer at home, and sportspages.com was my first stop every morning. Yeah. i get up, start the coffee, and I would read... Like you said, it was all there. It was all it free. Was all free. And you'd know what papers would be posted first. Usually the New York tabloids would be up first. And you'd work your way across the country and write down notes mm-hmm. to take the work. Um, but yeah, you're right. You see the same thing every time Dockerman puts out an article. Every single yeah. time. Yeah, I'm you not read paying. Through the... Why is it behind the payroll? Right. Yeah, why, why can't I read this? Yeah. Because you have to pay for it in right. order to get... Good sports content, uh-huh. good content, period. Uh-huh. That is the likelihood. These people need to be paid. Right. They're not doing it for free. Nope. And yes, there are young kids coming up that'll do it as they're in high school and college uh-huh. and they'll do it for free just to get a little experience, but that's not the future of it. You cannot sustain a model where you have people that are doing the work and doing it for free. Is Phil still in a different area going against the grain? Because he still puts out the magazine. 
I mean, how many magazines right. have uh, gone belly up or others uh-huh. are just online completely? Um, but it seems like he's still selling a pile of these, right? Now, maybe oh, yeah. not to the extent of what he was. Well, when I went to pick up the two for us over at Barnes & Noble. Were there stacks of them like they used to have? There were. There were four stacks of probably eight, I would say, there. And when I went up to the counter, yeah. the lady said, oh, surprise, you got them. We've been getting nothing but calls for Isn't the last that month. something? They anticipated they were going to be gone very quickly. Yeah. But also when I was over there looking at the magazine rack... Just not a whole lot right. there. It's not like it was when you had, of course. Well, remember the high V was like a whole oh, yes. row. Yeah. Do they even have them at high V's anymore? <sighs> I, I don't think my home one does. I'm trying to think. The I one mean, on Mill Civic, I don't believe has a magazine section anymore. There might be. There used to be one over by the lights. <laughs> okay, that's where it was. Yeah, <laughs> in, the, in the very back uh-huh. of, of High V North, as they call it in Ankeny, and they need another one too, by the way, because it's just. It's just stacked up. It's, it's huge. Anthony's just growing and growing and growing. Um, if they do, it's, I don't know, maybe four, six feet. Not what it once was. No, not nothing close. Oh, growing up, I would go. And then there's the plastic covers ones at the very top. You know, they want <laughs> yes. they don't want you to open up. Uh-huh. And... You had to go to Come and Go, the convenience store, to get that one in Osage. That's where they had those, <laughs> that one, those right? magazines. Yeah. And, and maybe take a little peek behind that black as a, what is that back there? Oh, whoa, that's a little, okay, that's yeah. not what I was anticipating. Now, we used to be able to do that Kmart of all places. Kmart, yes. <laughs> I go to Kmart, pick up an Udi mag. Yeah, pick up the girly magazine. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Different world. Yeah. But yeah, I would sit there at the magazine section of our local grocery store, and I would sit there and I would read through those things for, yes. I, I'd kill two hours on an Absolutely. afternoon. Absolutely. Hot day, we've already played ball, it's too hot uh-huh. outside. Going to go pick up a pop with my dollar in my pocket, maybe a pack of baseball cards, and read magazines yep. for an hour or two. Those and people had fantasy sports, fantasy baseball, fantasy yes. football magazine. You had to have that. But still, still publishes. That's good to know, Trent, that there were stacks of them and that the uh, lady behind the counter said you made it here just in the nick of time because we're getting a ton of calls on these things. Anyways, Phil Still is going to join us in 10 minutes. We're going to get our break in a little bit earlier because uh, we don't want to miss him. By the way, we do have another $1,000 home run uh, coming up. We'll get to that in about five minutes. We'll do that this hour, then next hour, uh, and then throughout the afternoon. Murph and Andy have a couple, and, of course, the drive with Heather and Sean have three more options opportunities for you to win a thousand dollars that's coming up momentarily one of our callers uh, notified me yes the mill civic does have a magazine section do they it's way back tucked in the corner apparently back by like the eggs and the dairy section yeah it's, uh, that's kind of where corner. it is at, yeah. uh, uh, or was at hy-vee north so Anthony. next time I'm, I'm in there which won't be too long because it seems like we're there all the time doesn't it it's the oh, same yeah. way here it's the same way with us and there's only two of us yeah <laughs> but it's the same way we're there all the time. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take a look at the magazine section. The caller said, yeah, it's about a half of what it once was. Oh, though. man. Yeah, just not the same. No, there'd be field and streams. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, all the hunting magazines. Yeah. And then there'd be the, the Cosmopolitans mm-hmm. and the L's or whatever. People. People. I used to read Cosmopolitan on a monthly basis. Really? Was single. Absolutely. You get, get some tips? I wanted to know what the other team was thinking. Oh, yeah. Absolutely did. And it worked well for it you. It did. In your single days. I'm yes. not kidding you. Yeah. It was... Um, it was an important tool. Yes, absolutely. What did, what's the other team thinking? Because <laughs> you could just hop online and read an article. There was no such way. thing, man. No. My freshman year, well, it was the summer after my freshman year when I had my first apartment, lived in this loft with oh. a couple of my buddies. And one of them was a huge movie guy. Worked at the movie theater in Iowa City. He got Entertainment Weekly. We got People. We got Sports Illustrated. 
I think we got sporting news. We probably got five or six magazines between the mm-hmm. three of us. Did you get sport? Sport was done by that point. Was it? That was Inside my Inside sports? Nope. I don't even remember that Don't one. you? No. Well, I got that one, too. Sport was the one that I got first because, well, you looked at the two. Sport was bi-weekly, I think, at this time. We're don't talking remember. Late 80s. Maybe it was in monthly at that point. And you bring home the magazine thing that all us elementary school kids got. You mm-hmm. try to sell them. Mm-hmm. You go to grandma, you go mm-hmm. to aunts and uncles. Hey, buy a magazine for me. And well, you don't see a nickel. Did you of guys it. have those candy bars that were. Oh, yes. God, they were good. They were really good. With the almond uh, in the middle of it. And then all America, of a sudden. Or no, it was, was it America's Best Chocolate or World's Best Chocolate? I think it was World. I think that's right. It was that's white wrapper, white kind of cover, right? Yes. With, is it silver, gold and there was writing? Like, there was like a, uh, a crown on it, at least ours. There was some kind of crown on it. And they were delicious, and then yes. all of a sudden you ate eight of them, and well, <laughs> you're hooked eight bucks <laughs> or pay, sixteen or whatever. Got to pay for those things right. now. I better go sell a few candy mm-hmm. bars. But you never got a nickel back for these magazine sales. But mom looked at it. Well, the Weekly Sports Illustrated, even at fifty cents an issue, yeah, back then, up, yeah, twenty six bucks mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty seven. That's money. Yes. Or you can get this sport, and you get twenty four up. And he, it's 12 bucks. Well, I got Sport Magazine. You got Sport. That's, that's what happened for us, and that was the one that I got. So that was my first foray. But I'd go to the library, and I'd read Sporting News, mm-hmm. and I'd read Sports Illustrated every mm-hmm. single week. And then got a little bit more money and was able to get Sports Illustrated. I kept all those covers, all those magazines. I would love to have some of the Oh, ones. my. Yeah, I'm with you. Except when you move around. Yeah, right? carry, carry them around for the yeah. last uh, 35 years. Probably uh-huh. would not have been the best thing. No, I'm with you. All right, uh, Phil Steele is coming up. We will get to, uh, we call it the Bible. It is. You have to have it, and you have to have a magnifying glass to read it when you get a little <laughs> old. Uh, but um, small price to pay just to have that resource at your fingertips. Uh, one more thing on my little trip up to Madison. Talked to a couple Badger fans when I was there. And what do they think? They're nervous. So my cousin's husband, he's yeah. a huge Badger fan, grew up in Madison, been there his whole life outside of his four years of college, mm-hmm. and he is kind of the same line of thinking that we've talked about. It is They're excited about Phil Longo. They're excited about not just Mordecai, but also the two other transfer quarterbacks that they mm-hmm. brought in. Both were high four stars. They they brought in some transfer receivers. They're, they think that they're going to be different, but... It's the transition. It's not what it's going to be in two or three years. No, and you know what? Uh, to be fair, two or three months after what we saw in the spring is mm-hmm. probably going to be better. Yes, absolutely. That is, it's not about what it's going to be because there that's where the excitement is, what this thing can morph into. Mm-hmm. But in the interim, in the last year for the Big Ten West, and I think the same thing, everybody saw what happened in the spring. And it was so bad. It can't be that it can't bad, be. right? It just, it's not going to be. Right. There's too much talent there. Offensive line still going to be good. Do they have to change the way that they kind of build that offensive line and you can't just get the hulking behemoths that are just the road graders? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that'll take some time to evolve. And maybe a guy that's 340 pounds, hey, we need to slim him down to 320. Yeah. You know, going through the different kind of work. It's not just about getting bigger and bigger. Right, right. It's about going to that kind of system and doing those kind of things. But that was kind of the takeaway talking to huge Badger fan, couple people at the bar on Saturday. That was their takeaway. They're really excited. They believe that this is what Wisconsin needs, that the program had plateaued mm-hmm. and there was no getting past of what they were. Nine, ten wins, really good, have a chance maybe every once in a while to one seed in Ohio State or Michigan, but can't get to that next tier. And their hope is that this is what can elevate them. But for right now, they're not so sure. Yeah. That this one, though the schedule is incredibly easy. You think the Iowa schedule is easy? 
take a look at the Badgers. Even yeah, it's easier. right there with yeah, Iowa. It's it, right there it's, with Iowa. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly easy, and they very well could be nine and three, even mm-hmm. ten and two. But they don't think they're going to be that good this year. It's more about a well, future. They get Iowa and Madison, and that'll help. And that that will help real quick because we got to get Phil Steele. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to save. We got to get the Huggins at some point. What oh, an embarrassing yeah. story on his part. I mean, he resigned. Right. He, he did so in a letter. <laughs> It's I, your I name it. on it, Bob. Yes. Trent, you read it. <laughs> I read it, yes. <laughs> uh, and then the Northwestern story. We'll save that for Doc. Phil still next. Keyword this hour. Time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com right now. You'll see the pop-up box. Type the keyword bank, bank, KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Bank at KXNO.com. Another opportunity coming up in an hour. Phil still next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.1800 bets off. Sports Station 106.3 KX and O just past 11.30. Scott Docterman from The Athletic coming up here in about 15 minutes. Let's get right to Phil Steele. The magazine is out. It's in front of me. It's in front of Trent as it is each and every year. It is an absolute must-have. Over 350 pages. Chock full of college football information. And Phil Steele joins us. Phil Trent Condon, this is Ken Miller. Thank you once again for joining us this year. Phil, how are you? You know, I am doing great. It's summertime, guys. No magazine deadlines, no 80-hour work weeks there, no 100-hour work weeks during the football season. Kicking back, maybe working 50 hours a week, just doing a bunch of radio shows. So having fun this time of year. I don't blame you a bit. A lot of work goes into it. You know, kind of let's, if you don't mind, let's kind of go into that for a second, just how the sausage is made. How many coaches do you uh, talk to? And if you have an idea of, you know, average time, once you get a coach on the line and you're talking about all the positions, groups etc how long do you normally keep them for how many do you talk to and how long is that process uh, with the coaches yeah this year it was um somewhere between 120 125 i haven't officially counted uh how many i'm gonna have to do that though so i have a definitive answer in the future let's say 122 with 133 head coaches and each one does vary time-wise uh but i would say on the average uh about an hour, one, one hour. And what we do, it's a different than most interviews. I send them my team pages, which has every player listed, all my notes on every player. And I say, hey, put me in the right order. Tell mm. me a little bit something about strengths and weaknesses, and then wrap up the position for me. So the calls are rather lengthy, but uh, well worth it in my for me. Biggest question here in our state, the one that we've been bandied about, I think the most here this summer, has been the battle in the Big Ten West. And the Wisconsin-Iowa, who should be the betting favorite? It is Wisconsin. And who ultimately is going to win it? We know the game is in Madison coming up this year. Wisconsin going through a lot of transition. What do you see between the Hawkeyes and the Badgers in the final year, final go-around with the Big Ten West? Yeah, and one of my tougher decisions of the magazine was who to put one, who to put two in there. Because I could tell you, in the first write-through of the magazine, uh, I had Iowa, number one in the West. I ended up going with them second. I went with Wisconsin, number one. But, you know, when I look at Iowa, uh, with the second Cade McNamara entered the transfer portal, this is a true story. Five seconds after he entered the transfer portal, I said, go to Iowa. Perfect fit. And mm-hmm. guess what? He ended up at Iowa. I think he's a, you know, he's a game manager quarterback, but the perfect quarterback for this system and one that gives them a passing game. He brings in Eric All along with him at tight end, uh, keeping that Iowa tradition of tight ends alive. 
one of the best offensive lines in the country. Defensively, Phil Parker's still there, so they've got one of the best defenses. And, you know, he's got seven starters to work with, and special teams are at the top as well. It's an Iowa team where a lot of folks talk about the offense. Oh, they only had 17 points per game. You can't win with that offense. Hey, just two years ago, same damn offense. They averaged 31.8 yards per game, 369 yards per game. So I think Iowa's a legitimate threat. The only reason I didn't pick them to win the West is they've got two tough road matchups. They have to play at Penn State in Happy Valley and at Wisconsin, two extremely tough places to play. Now, Wisconsin... I was a little leery on them heading into the magazine process because they're switching from the run-based offense. You're going to throw the football more this year, and I'm like, that's not Wisconsin's strength. However, they brought in Tanner Mordecai from SMU. And going over the team with Coach Fickle, uh, I could tell you that they're not just completely abandoning the run. In fact, he feels that with more of a pass offense, uh, that's going to open up holes for Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi behind that big offensive line. And remember, defensively, last year they only had three starters back. This year they got eight starters back on the defensive side of the ball. Now, Wisconsin's got a dream schedule. You look at their road games, Washington State, Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota. I consider all of those winnable. Mm-hmm. Toughest two games of the season, Iowa and Ohio State. Unlike Iowa, they get their toughest two games at home where they've been pretty tough. Luke Fickle took a group of five team to the playoff. And uh, I, I was convinced, uh, talking to Coach Fickle, going over the squad with him, that this year's team has that uh, potential. I've got them my number one surprise team in the country this year. Interesting. We'll get to the Big 12 in a second. I want to finish up with the Big 10 West by asking your thoughts on Nebraska. Scott Frost, Big 10 Media Days, his first, uh, first year as the head coach there, said, and I'm paraphrasing, but you better get us now because we're coming. Well, it didn't happen, and he's gone. Uh, but I do think that Matt Rule is changing things there. That's the take that I get from you know, 100 and whatever it is, 40 miles to the east of Lincoln. Your thoughts on what Matt Rule is going to do, maybe not this year, uh, but is Nebraska a team that uh, seemingly is on the rise? Yeah, uh, in my mind, guys, candidly, uh, I feel a massive upgrade at the head coaching position right here. And you're talking about a guy in Matt Rule who walked into Temple when Temple was down and out and doing nothing and took them uh, from the early poor start all the way up to 10-4, and 10-4 and four the last two years. Went into Baylor, and, and he, I don't know if you guys remember when he was hired at Baylor, but they had a lot of off-field questions, uh, yeah. the different things, and they're like, why would anybody take the Baylor job, for crying out loud? And guess what? I was one of those people saying, why would anybody <laughs> take the Baylor job? And Coach Rule said, I'm taking it. We're going to do well. They went 1-11 and that first year, as you would expect. Then 7-6, and 11-3. and And I don't think he's going to have one of those one-win first-year seasons. He's got talent here. Uh, they make my most improved list, so I think they even have a shot at a bowl game. I don't consider them a contender in the West this year, but with Matt Rule there, they will be a contender in the West in the near future. Let's jump over to the Big 12 and kick things off on the local front with Iowa State. A disappointing 4-8 and eight a year ago. There's also the lingering questions around the program of what's going to happen with the possible gambling suspensions coming down. Now that obviously cannot be a part of what you have with the magazine, but what do you see with this Cyclone team, what we know right now, and after a disappointing 2022, a chance at a bounce back here in 23? Well, I have all kinds of metrics in my magazine, guys, and it started with the first year of the magazine back in 1995 when I put the first one in, turnovers equals turnaround, and uh, that one's been 
great success for 29 years. I've had a lot of different ones, like close wins, close losses, which screams Iowa State, uh, the YPG factor, and much more. And all of them seem to point for Iowa State having a much better year. Let's face it, this was not a, really a 4-8 and eight team last year. Last year, they outgained their Big 12 foes by 52 yards per game. And in my research and doing this for 29 years, generally if you're plus 52 yards per game in conference play in the nine-game schedule, you're 6-3. and three. This team was 1-8 and eight in Big 12 play. So much better than the final record. They had four blown fourth-quarter leads last year. They were basically four or five plays away from being an eight- or nine-win team last year. And when I look at Iowa State, I see them better at the quarterback position with Hunter Deckers, uh, deep at the running back spot. Norton and Brock are both back after being banged up last year. The offensive line looks solid. Uh, they've got a couple of NFL guys there in Hufford and Miller. And defensively, there's never really been a big question defensively with this team with uh, Heacock there. And even last year, they only allowed 286 yards per game despite their eight losses. Uh, better offense. Defensively, better defensively. Special teams, still a little bit of a question mark, but this is a team that I think has a great shot of getting back to a bowl game and, and was much better in the final record last year. Who of the newbies do you like the best? Uh, Central Florida's got a quarterback in Reese Plumley, uh, played a long time either there at Old Miss. Uh, might, is that the team of the newbies that you has the, uh, uh, your opinion will go the furthest in their first year? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, if you take a look at the four teams that are transferring in, I had three of them in the bottom half of the Big 12. I think UCF's the one that can be possibly in the upper half. And when I talked to Coach Malzahn going over the team with them, he said they've been preparing for this move for the Big 12, not just this past year, but the year before that. And that's why he's been making all these transitions. You look at the the transfers he's brought in, ton of Power 5 transfers. He, of course, has already coached in the SEC. And I think they're better prepared should something happen to Plumlee because they brought in a Timmy McLean from South Florida. They also have Xavier Williams coming in from Charlotte to provide good backup. Uh, and I like the overall talent. Uh, they arguably could have been the top team uh, in the American Conference last year. Remember, they went into Tulane during the regular season and came out of there with a 38-31 win. I think Plumlee's health at the end of the year hurt them as far as the AAC title game. Uh, I think Central Florida is the best of the four newcomers. Outside of the talent, and that's always there with Texas, you have them as your top team. The media, when they voted last week, they had Texas as the favorite what is it about Texas, short of the talent, that you think they're going to make the jump? Because Sark, with all that talent last year, they went 8-5. and five. The talent isn't the problem. What else do you like about the Longhorns? Well, keep in mind, last year was just the second year for Coach Sarkeesian, and usually uh, new head coaches hit their stride in year three. Uh, I do have them rated as the most talented team, and they're complete. I mean, they've got the offense with my number four rated offensive line. They've got the defense, which was very good last year. And they're even solid on special teams, number three. I guess for me, there's a question mark. And the question mark would be this is their final year in the Big 12, so you know they're going to catch everybody's best shot on a weekly basis. And of the top six teams in the Big 12, they're the only one that has to play each of the other five. So a tough schedule. Uh, and everybody's gunning for them. Those would be the negatives, but the, the talent is really what has me picking them winning the Big 12 this year, even though it didn't happen last year. Keep in mind, they lost to Texas Tech in overtime, so that was a close one. They probably would have beaten Alabama had yours not got hurt early. 
They only lost Oklahoma State by seven in a tough one. They lost to TCU by seven in a close one. And even the bowl game, they were a depleted team going against Washington and lost by seven. So their biggest loss last year was by seven points. I'll get you out of here on this, Phil. Phil Steele's magazine is out. Barnes & Noble's where we picked ours up. Who's a team that's uh, flying under most people's radar? They're not saying that they're going to be a playoff team necessarily, but who's a team that you're watching is going to be better than some of the uh, other uh, folks that uh, do this for a living uh, believe they're going to be? Uh, I'm going with the Texas A&M Aggies, and give, mm-hmm. let me give you a few reasons why. Uh, last year, Texas A&M was number 124 on my experience chart, one of the least experienced teams in football. When I went over the team with Coach Fisher, like when we went over the offensive line, for example, he wrapped it up by saying, Phil, we're going to have one of the best offensive lines in the country next year. A lot of his comments were next year because they were so young, so inexperienced. Then they suffered some injuries. They lost Anaya Smith week four, their top wide receiver. They had three different starters at quarterback. And even in that injury plague, inexperienced year, they beat LSU. And they were at the Alabama two-yard line at the end of the game with a chance to win it. Well, this is the year Coach Fisher was telling me about last year. Ten starters back on offense, ten on defense. They're number 14 on my experience chart, a huge jump there. And they get uh, Alabama at home. They beat them last time they played them at home. They do have to play both Tennessee and LSU on the road. But this was a 5-7 and team last year that I think is actually a contender in the West and a contender for a playoff spot. So they are my number one most improved team in the country uh get you out of here on this phil steel plus for 99 bucks um, as you mentioned right now your feet are up but they won't be long uh this happens this uh, it's updated each and every monday tell us about phil steel plus how do we get it yeah, Phil Steel Plus is, is what I use, like when I do radio shows during the year. It gives you all the information updated, color-coded red and green uh, each and every week. And it's just 99 bucks for the entire year. So that's Phil Steel Plus. It's on philsteel.com. I'll have some blogs coming up which show you all the different advantages of it. And it's a little different this year for the magazine, guys. We're normally available all over the country. This year we're only available at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million, two retailers complete. Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, or philsteel.com to pick up this year's copy of the magazine. Well worth it. Had it for decades, literally. Thank yes. you, Phil Steele, for doing this. Thanks for once again joining us to preview it. Have a wonderful football season, Phil. Thank you. Hey, I always enjoy talking football with you guys. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, good to talk to you. Phil Steele, philsteele.com. Take our time out. Scott Dockerman joins us next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. E.E. Once again, our thanks to Phil Steele. Let's get to our buddy Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Covers Iowa, covers the Big Ten. And he joins us. Doc Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. Didn't last week you tease us you've got a big, long-form piece coming out today? Didn't you say that to us? Yeah, well, our uh, our series is going to open now on Wednesday. Ah, it's going to open today. Gotcha. We push it back a couple days. But I have four stories already written, and I think two more I've got to finish. Gotcha. Well, you got some time to do so. We'll look forward to that on Wednesday. Uh, I guess what I want to start with you, Doc, is just from afar. It's uh, obviously it's uh, north northwestern story that looked bad, and then then the players apparently the entire team uh, got together very quickly and sent it under release. Timing wise, that was something to get the entire team to do that as quickly as they did, but they pulled it off. Now you see some conflicting reports that 
You know, one player says that, no, this guy's been cooking this up for over a year. I, I don't know what to believe, Doc. I know it's going to, obviously, there's going to be a much more lengthy look into it than apparently was done the first time. Um, it's it's not a great look it, it, from uh, from what we know at this point. How's this going to end, Doc? It, it, it's seemingly, you know, hard-pressed to think that Fitz might be on the sidelines if it's as bad as it looks. Yeah, that's a big question, and it's hard to get to that final adjudication here, but based on what we know today. But but in reading some pretty quality reporting, I would say by the Daily Northwestern, along with ESPN, and and from uh, you know Wildcat Report, I think there's some some online sources that have done a really good job reporting this. It, it seems to me that that this hazing, these hazing incidents, took place. And now, to what degree is, uh, you know, fairly ambiguous, but I think it's, it's always ambiguous to the ones perpetrating it versus the ones who were, uh, receiving it. And I think in this case, it just seems to be that, uh, some of the players that were, that have been a part of this on the negative side, um, have a lot to say. And, um, right at this point, it's hard to imagine in two weeks, you know, two weeks and two days is when Fitz is supposed to address everybody with Big Ten media days. I'm not so sure that I would expect him there. Interesting, and and something that would change very quickly. I mean, what would they do? Interim? Is it mm-hmm. a wholesale cleaning out of the house? I mean, boy, it's July, and to have something like this in front of them, if there is ultimately that decision, how deep does this go for Northwestern football in your mind? Well, that is that's a big question, and I really don't know how to answer that other than to say that I, I can't imagine, you know, unless there are specific assistants that were um, a party to it, privy to it, um, you know, encouraging it, that it's probably just the leadership. It's probably, and and I am a hundred percent speculating here because we're not, I'm not there yet. But if this was to happen, then Pat Fitzgerald would probably be let go. But I can't imagine that more assistants would be unless they are completely aware of it and shielded it. Um, and you would probably promote somebody from within as an interim for the season. But, you know, we're, we're talking about Pat Fitzgerald. I right. mean, he is the, the most important figure in athlete, in Northwestern sports history as a player, as a coach, as the leader, as the face of that university. Mm-hmm. So it's not just as easy as get rid of the coach. These allegations are troubling. I mean, I think they really want to be 100% verified. I mean, putting him on suspension was fairly big symbolically but i think right now if you're talking about you know leaving him i mean that's joe paterno territory and and that's something you can't just decide after a couple of days and a couple of visits to do doc uh, i i love when you get the fans involved at the athletic and you ask them for their input what you want to see type of thing and uh where you would like to see um I, I, each sport play, pick a destination. Where would you like to see football and against two, uh, basketball, etc.? When it came to wrestling, Doc, I thought you hit it out of the park. I really did. Um, do it at Alcatraz, right? Uh, on the, on the rock. Wouldn't that be something? I don't even know if they, I know they have tours. Uh, logistically, I have no idea if they could pull it off, but that would be really, really cool. Yeah, I was there a year and a half ago, and that's when it kind of solidified my mind. Oh, yeah, Iowa needs to wrestle here at Alcatraz. <laughs> they have the outdoor yard. I can totally see that being the case. And it's just, it's kind of that tough environment. You know, Iowa wrestling, you know, it has a certain persona. 
And can you imagine a duel? You know, a couple of duels. You know, wouldn't it? You know, Stanford's there. Maybe Penn State. Maybe Arizona State or something like that. I I think that would be really cool. You could do so many things with wrestling that you probably can't with other sports. And I know they went to the ballpark a few years ago in Arlington, and and of course went to uh, Grand Central Station and, and Kinnick. I, I'd expect something at Kinnick at some point in the future. But yeah, Alcatraz to me is. You know, if you're not going to do that, maybe do uh, outside of Mount Rushmore or something like that, <laughs> or an army base or a, an aircraft carrier. I could see, you know, that that to me would be really cool for for the wrestling program. Well, you know, it's the off season and the Hawkeye fans are clamoring for a non conference game against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It uh, seems to bubble up every single off season. Something that was a long time part of the Iowa schedule, and certainly not the case anymore. With that, though, not the Notre Dame angle, just. The flexibility that they have with nine conference games and Iowa State locked in every single year. Are we ever going to see anything else or is it going to be two by games, Iowa State, and that's what you're going to get for the foreseeable future? Unless something changes drastically across the college sports landscape, I think that's probably what you're going to get. You're going to like it, Trent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Except you're not going to get much variety among the opponents. What you're probably going to get if anything is maybe you'll get a uh, uh, you know maybe one of the uh, other teams might decide to, to move a game somewhere like what we see with Northwestern this week with uh, or this year Northwestern Iowa at Wrigley Pro- maybe you can get you know Maryland uh, to go to Baltimore or possibly you know I brought up uh, <laughs> across the ocean to Munich just because I think that would be fun yeah <laughs> you know th- th- that's the type of environment we're talking about I just don't. You know, as long as Iowa State is part of it, and ten games seems to be the max, which is it, it's max nationally. It's not just max for Iowa. So unless that 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 changes, I just don't see Iowa doing anything. Maybe once, yep. maybe one time, but that'll only be one time. Mm, with Kirk Ferentz coaching that game, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. You know, I, but I, I I do think that if if Iowa could get away with it, it'd be something like say. Week zero, mm-hmm. Munich. Yep. Um, you know, playing somebody over there in a special game where they get about as much money. Because you know, the one factor that people don't really think about very much is that you know Iowa's cities, businesses, and Coralville's businesses, right. the ones that are the donors and the ones that that spend a lot. You know, that that's a big deal for them mm-hmm. to have a football weekend, and for them to take it away, they would have to justify it. And they can. It's just you've got to make sure. Um, okay, we're going to do this in 2027. We're going to go over to Munich. And we're going to play you know, Notre Dame, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and we're going to have a lot of beer while we do it. And, and I think you could probably, they could probably all say, okay, we got it. But you don't want to just say, oh yeah, we're going to do that in six months. I think that might be a problem. Basketball scheduling is something that in the old RPI system, I used to complain a lot about with Fran. Not anymore with the net system and the way that efficiency is ranked. You play those bad teams and you throttle them like you should, it actually helps you. That's the dirty little secret of the net. Now, you still have the Gavit games, but no ACC Big Ten challenge anymore. And you continue to look at the home schedule. It's hideous. Can you serve something up? Can you get a home-and-home with somebody? Iowa used to play a home-and-home with North Carolina and Kansas and even Duke. They had Mm home-and-homes with these programs. Is that ever coming back to, or again, 20-game conference schedule? Those are kind of going the way of the Dodo Bird. It should. I don't know if it ever will. Um, this year is particularly bad 
and you know whether it's because they just don't have the the team i mean you know oftentimes you'll see it where teams will schedule around the personnel they have back we saw that a few years ago with iowa playing gonzaga and mm-hmm. even last year duke but those were at neutral sites when you're talking about home teams and this is the problem i have is that you're asking your fans to be super fans and go to all these games and go at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night and you're a bad fan if you don't go and, hmm. and, uh, but you're not giving them anything. I mean, you know, there's only two really marquee games on the road this year in non-conference Creighton and Iowa state. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're going to San Diego, but you're not giving them anything, you know, give them one thing, give them some variety. And, and even with the ACC big 10 challenge, you at least had that you know, every other year. Now you don't even have that. So, I, I don't think that there's an excuse not to do it, uh, you know, and, and I think this year uh, shows, you know, I, I better not hear any complaining come November and December about fans not showing up because why would they want mm, good point. type of schedule? Yep. Uh, Doc, and finally, before we run out of uh, hour here with us, um, boy, it just seems like I'm guessing maybe four out of five replies to those who replied uh, with a women's tennis ang- – or tennis, women's basketball, I'm watching te- kind of um, – <laughs> But it seems like they want another bite of the LSU apple. Four out of five of them, seemingly. Uh, be careful what you wish for, I guess. But that was the consensus by far? Um, yeah, I would say that South Carolina and LSU uh, were brought up quite a bit. And, I, you know, I get it. But play them in the, sweet, play them in the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> I think Iowa's women's schedule, there's nothing to complain about there. I mean, they're playing Virginia Tech uh, in a – TV game where they get two hundred thousand dollars. They're playing, uh, uh, you know, the, you know they have a full Big Ten schedule. They also play Kansas State at home, and they play the in-state teams, which I think is something that the men's team. It's like you know, if you're going to go play Cincinnati and Chicago, like they said, or Duke at, at Madison Square Garden, then you have a leg to stand on. Now you don't. Now you can. Now you, it's like well. If you're going to play those teams, why don't you just play Drake or Northern Iowa? So I, I think the women's schedule is fine. Go play them in the tournament. UConn, whoever. Although I do like the idea I threw out there of uh, a Steve Vivian Stringer Classic out in Brooklyn mm. or, or Madison Square Garden um, where you have a bunch of teams in, in one day. I think that could go over well. We will look forward to Wednesday, Doc. Look uh, forward to the pieces coming up at The Athletic. Great stuff as always, Doc. Thank you for this. We will uh, talk to you in a week's time, Scott Dockerman. Have a great week. All right, thanks. Appreciate Thank you. It. Scott Docterman from The Athletic as we check in with our buddy uh, with one of our favorite sites, theathletic.com. All right, hour number two, we'll kick things off with baseball. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, another keyword. And Nick Olson covers Iowa State. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.